Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast is brought to you by Gun Street Wiring, a micro-instrument electronics company obsessed with overall quality. That's right, they're a new approach to the guitar wiring market. Because, of course, when it comes to music, there is endless variety. But when it comes to your instruments, wiring your manufacturer generally gives you one type. However, Gun Street Wiring put forth a shiny alternative by creating a massive range of different wiring harnesses suitable for every single musical style. They have a a beautiful website where you can navigate around selecting your instrument shape, then choosing between 50s modern and hybrid wiring harnesses. And within that, every single different type of harness you can possibly imagine. It's an affordable mod, and if you go with Gun Street Wiring, it's a mod you simply won't regret. Check them out, gunstreetwiringshop.com. Welcome to the 197th episode of the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Blanton, joined this week by Jay Cross. Hi, Joe. Matt Knight. Hello there. And Mark Packham. Blinded by the light. That's right, listeners. And this is, this marks our last regular. Yeah. Oh, it's Hello. Mark's, yes. It's, yeah. it's Mark's, Mark's last ever podcast. Yeah, it's my last ever <laughs> Again, <laughs> never doing it again. This, uh, this is the last regular episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast for this year, I believe. That is right, isn't it? We don't yeah, know it is the last one. Because after this, after this next week, listener... You get to look forward to a whopping, I don't know how many, it was six episodes? Five, five, five episodes. episodes. Always five. Always five the same. Five episodes, approximately seven hours of um, so not G-O-T-Y, as much as last year. Guitar, uh, no, Gear of the Year. Guitar of the Year. 2018, that's right. My goodness. And, and you get to look forward to that, and we get to look forward to three C- weeks, weeks off. off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I yes. can't believe it. What do people do on Mondays normally? Uh, I mean, I have a great time. I just like realise that you guys are all here slaving away, and I'm like, oh, I don't have to be there anymore. It's great. I, you've I, done this is like three in a row. You've been here. I know. For. Terrible, and all down Saturday. Rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I am looking forward to not not the sort of the the late night editing. Patreon backers will know how late 
night my editing is because the Patreon episodes go up as I finish editing them, which is normally around like one in the morning. Which well, is- it's a good job you had a nice uh, early night and long night's sleep last night then, ready and prepared <laughs> to do nice, lots of nice work. Yes, that's right, listener. For the last podcast of this year, um, I haven't been to bed uh, I didn't. I haven't even been home. I'm wearing last night's clothes still. You're in prime uh, Branton condition. Yes, basically. that's right. I went this is, out. This is like very Gak Branton. I went yeah. out. Stayed Gak to for the Gak podcast. Stayed for a lock-in at the place I went to, and then went from there to work. When it was uh, t- remember when we used to like actually drink while we were doing the podcast, like properly drink. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I would still if I, if I didn't have to like occasionally give you a lift home. Yeah, but yeah, when, when we did the Gak podcast, I mean, also we were drinking in Gak, and we were like living in town and stuff, so none of us had to drive anywhere and that. I mean, I'm still the only one who can drive, so sure, I'm the only one who has <laughs> to drive anywhere. I or, love the fact that I don't know, I don't drive, and I'm like, I don't know many people who don't drive, and the people that I know that. Don't are the three other people like oh, podcast? Yeah, it's weird. With. This long-running podcast of man babies, a higher percentage than normal doesn't drive. Listen, don't drag me into this. I'm, I learned this valuable life skill at an age when you're supposed to. Yeah, I just I live somewhere where you can get the train. So yeah, I yeah. and the sticks. I, I like the planet. So um, yeah, we, yeah we, I'm all about the fuel, mate. I'm all about saving the world. Love it. I think the last. Nuke the whales. I think 2017. <laughs> That's Matt's catchphrase this year. It's become nuke, nuke the, the whales. whales. I think last year's. I think 2017's gear of the year. Oh, Joe's podcast. talking about the podcast again. Uh, yeah. uh, I think we were drunk for those towards the end. I. Th- I th- where did we? Do- did we do it here? Or- yeah, we did it yeah, here, we did. and we were drunk. Were we? Mm. Okay, I th- I feel like maybe we've just you know. Which t- 2017 we had a relatively solid. I think I've Top I think five, I think I've learned that um it, you know nobody pays me back for the beers that I buy so, so I've just, just I've just stopped I've just stopped doing it no, just stopped that, doing it that makes sense mm-hmm. in that's, love pay back in in love on that I that's, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather warm feelings we let you get your way in gear of the year that's how it works oh so, he really yeah. did as well oh listener you're in for a, I can't a tragedy defender chopping board one gear of the year became gear of the Chopping board's been a staple of the catalogue yeah. for a number of years. I didn't qualify. Defender 2018 calendar one, gear of the year 2018. <laughs> I mean, it would have been the best thing Fender put out this year. So. Oh, <laughs> oh, no listen, spoilers for gear of the year. Listen, listen, you just, you just wait. Just wait. Until the... Till we stop recording and I punch you in the face. <laughs> but yes, it was. Uh, it was. I, th- I think you're in for for a treat, an oral treat, listener, because uh, oral, oral. What do I say? <laughs> <laughs> because it is uh, it, it it is um, it is an excellent podcast. The gear of the year. Some unexpected things. I'm looking forward time. to the feedback more than ever this year. There are some real heated moments. Retrospectively, when I was listening back and editing uh, the podcast, I, I realised that. Uh, that we were quite aggressive at times. Good. Were, yeah. yeah, there was some... And we, we only want. picked the coolest looking products. Like, yeah. if it didn't look cool... Out the window. Well, if, out the window. In fact, even if it was a great product, that didn't look cool. Too boring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you're hosting this. Why are you looking at me? You started saying something. I said, um... Oh, okay, fine. Well, anyway, uh, th- so anyway, th- we're not going to give you any hints about uh, what what is happening on year of the year. Other than obviously, there were some excellent things. I think the the uh, the listeners' poll also played a played an interesting and major did. role. More in than it ever, this year. first time yeah. we've 
ever had like a, a really strong listener poll, I think. Yeah, normally it, they just pick a load of old tap. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But <laughs> I wonder, do you think that means that the we've got more informed listeners or they're just now paying more attention to they're things that we us. like? Maybe. Maybe we've brainwashed them to... Finally, you know. the trendsetters that we claim. Yeah. Those uh, That subliminal messaging that you... Uh, backwards record into the podcast yeah, every what week. What about that? Yeah. Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Mark Packham, this Hello. week you've been trying out more effects pedals. I have. Uh, in particular, a brand that I don't think we've discussed on the podcast before. Um, yeah. Zeppelin. Yes. Effects. Is it just Zeppelin effects? Zeppelin Design, Design Labs. Labs. Yeah, um, Zeppelin Design Labs. Zeppelin it? Design Labs Quaverato, which is a uh, amp-style tremolo in a box, uh, two-button pedal. Um, so what, tap? And yes, tap and on and off. Um, it is really, really good uh, in terms of like trems. I'm almost tempted to say it's better than the trem in the um, Strymon that I've got in the Flint. Really? There's quite a lot of trem choices. It had all the various waveforms. Yeah, so you got uh, control-wise on there, there's waveform, there is depth, there is rate, obviously, but there's also... Um, a thing called spacing, which basically means, from what I can, because I haven't looked at the manual, of course I haven't. Um, from if you select a harsher waveform, like a square wave, um, the spacing seems to kind of like spread out the kind of edges of the wave almost. Right. So it goes from being like really choppy to being not smoother, but they're less punctuated right um so it's got that and obviously you've got like a mix control there's also a uh Ooh, that's handy on a trim uh is it, is it a mix control no in fact it's not a mix control it's just a level right so it yeah so the spacing is kind of a mix i guess not really no no that isn't what spacing <laughs> does okay um the what i also like on it is got a latching or non-latching mode so you can just turn it on and off like a foot switch I love or that you can idea. switch it and it becomes a like a momentary trim that's so is, great. is there a with the momentary control does it sort of ramp up or ramp down no so, so not, it's just so ooh, that just, would be cool i'd well, love a bit of ramping on a trim okay <laughs> so um they had that on the TC, we talked about this very briefly the other yeah. day. The viscous, no, yeah, not the viscous vis- vibe. No, it wasn't yeah. the viscous vibe. It was the uh... what was the trend, Matty? The the, but the the pipeline. No, not that one either. The one, the orange one that was the in, shake of vibrato. The shaker, the shake of vibrato. A, which, uh... Okay, fair enough. Isn't the trend, but you know, by, by I, sure. have a, I have a tone print for that one. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's, it's the worst one. What they, what worst they did one. was oh, they terrible. put like a um, they put like a momentary rise time on it. Yeah, when yeah, they that copied was the Boss I... VB2. They were like, "Oh, we make sure we put that wicked feature on it." And I was like, "Yeah, you do that." Okay, we're still the best. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Is there is that feature on the VB2? Yeah, oh. it's got rise time control. So, so back to the quaver. But it's not. You can't. Mo- it's not momentary, is it? It is. You can set it as momentary. Oh, you can? Yeah. Oh, okay. So back to the Quaverato. Um, I really like it. it. Sounds great. It sounds um, very uh, much like an amp trem. Um, build-wise, is really good. Uh, as far as I remember, they're not much money. Has someone got it up in front of them there? Excuse me? Um, so it, it can be quite a lot of money, actually. It can go up to... So the, the um, on the page, it says between $19 and $238. Okay. Now, I'm not <laughs> sure what it is that costs $19 on here, but one of the things that's really interesting interesting is as well as being able to buy the pedal you can also buy a kit to build the pedal yourself um which i think seems like a very very interesting 
little option to have oh, there. And like also, uh, you know, save yourself a little bit of, uh, save yourself some time. That's cool. So what do you get? In you terms just of get like, I'm talking about, you know, uh, the people behind Zeppelin Design Labs. Yeah, I guess so. Imagine getting to a point where you can say, you can buy this, or how about this? Just build it yourself so I don't have to. So <laughs> pricing, um, if you choose to get the kit, uh, it's $89. Um, if you choose to get the uh, ready-to-play option, it's $189. Um, but this could be a cool little project because the end um, result is really, really good. There is also... That's very reasonable. Yeah, there is also... The reason that it can go up to $238 um, is that you can also get a MIDI mod built in, which I assume adds MIDI function. Um, yeah, optional MIDI implementation gives remote control over oh, nice. every feature. So everything wow. in it can be controlled uh, via cool. MIDI. Um, so, yeah, basically... If if you were thinking of a nice little um, project for Christmas, I'd highly recommend uh, the Quaverato Tremolo uh, in kit form. That'd be great. I'm just looking at it now. You basically get the box, you get the circuit board, you get all the pots, you get the switches, everything that you would need. What do you get for the, the design on the front, though? Do they give you a sticker? For uh, it, they I give guess? you an overlay. So it's like a, it's not even a um, like a transfer or anything. It's like a plastic overlay that I assume has got some adhesive on it and that sticks on the front of the pedal. Mm -hmm. So you're basically building exactly what you get when you get the pre-built oh, one, cool. but it's in kit form and you save yourself 100 bucks. It sounded absolutely fantastic when yeah. you when you brought it over to to plug in it sounded so so good yeah um worth mentioning there's uh in phase and out of phase tremolo modes um there is uh, extra internal controls, which I didn't know about. Extra internal controls allow for custom crossover frequency selection and individual high and low signal path volume adjustment, which is good because actually at the moment um, where it must be set, I turn it on. I think it's a bit bassy sounding and it kind of colors the low end of my amp a little bit. So it sounds like you can dial that back, which would that be awesome. Awesome. Yeah, um, totally love it. Just real cool pedal, great sounds. And I think at $89, if you want to build it yourself, absolute bargain. Most of their other products are named after coffee things. It's a cool, I mean, the whole thing, like the branding on the company is it's, amazing. It's quite steampunk, isn't it? It's got the, kind of, no, no, it's just sort of retro vibe. I think it's a bit steampunky, but, that, you know. What are fine. the other things in the So in the, the other range? things, they've got the uh, Altura, no, Altura Midi Theremin. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Yes. Uh, the Macchiato Mini Synth. Which oh. looks like a um, what's the the Korg thing with the uh, the Volto Volca? No, no, Volta? no, no. The oh, uh, um... the thing with the stylus that goes like so uh, a stylophone. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. No, I've no. I've got one. It's yeah. like the little delay thing. Yeah, it's not got a stylophone, but you just run your finger on it. But that or, or that's uh, that's what this is, though, isn't it? Isn't it got? Isn't it a stylophone? I think they've just made just their own style. Mini synth digital synthesizer. There's yeah. also the Cortado balanced contact mic. The Cortado espresso, is also a coffee. Mm -hmm, the espresso uh, phantom power supply. Um, espresso, I don't know what that is. Um, the percolator two watt tube amp. Um, speaker cabinet. This company's incredibly cool, and I didn't actually realise. So this um, theremin MIDI controller. Is that it? Do basically, it doesn't come with any sounds built in, um, but it is just the theremin part. Uh, like the controller part of a theremin. So it, it's it's an expression pedal, basically. Yeah, and then you it's then a MIDI connect expression it up. Pedal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're just kind of like <sighs> waving your hands in the air rather than... Like you... 
like you just Can't, don't care. Yeah, okay, yeah. Like um, the Elysis air effects. Oh, which I let's talk about the air effects, Matty, uh, Matty, because <laughs> I um just sent you a uh, a link to one. I know, a uh, hundred pounds is way too expensive. No, it isn't. You should buy it. Hundred <laughs> quid. Um, do you want to tell people what that is? The Elysis air effects was like. Let me see if I can. I wonder if I can find the actual web description. It was basically a. It was an ex- an effects pedal built for DJs in about nineteen ninety eight, I guess, and it was um, basically hand controlled. So it's like a theremin for effects. Um, they sold terribly. They sounded pretty terrible. What? You're crazy. They sounded great. You should definitely buy that one for a hundred quid. Um, yeah, they had the air effect. I think they had a whole range, right? If I, if they I did, right yeah, yeah. There was, was like yeah, some sort of DJ one as well that had like mo- like scratch sounds on it and stuff like that. Yeah, so some were effects. I think some were actual sounds. Um, so, for example, you could have like a phaser that had x-axis and y-axis Jay's controlled just over pl- like phasing time. Jay's just playing a video of the synth. Sorry, I, I just I sorry. Carry on. I'll stop. Um, can I just say? I hear it in the background. Can I just say that this um, theremin MIDI controller? If you, but this it sounds like we're doing an ads now because the background <laughs> music. Um, this um, theremin MIDI controller. If you buy the kit and you're willing to put it in your own box, hang on, I'm just having a look. Oh no, if you buy the kit, um, okay, this pricing's a little confusing. If you buy the kit. Uh, internals and you buy the kit box to put it in um, $79 yeah that well is, affordable that is an excellent price I'm into it um, some really cool stuff in here I this am is a... very much into this percolator 2 watt uh, combo this tube amp combo so it's a it's all it's all a single eight inch speaker combo that ranges between 339 and 489 USDs meaning you can buy this in kit form as well and uh, yeah, it's like um, it's it's they say it's perfect for for cigar box guitar and harmonicas, ideal for bedrooms and apartments, you know, or even a small gig. They say, but yes, it's uh, it, it's got a single um, six AF eleven uh, valve, and uh, yeah, it, it's the it, the image they've got of it here. It's like in this gorgeous no Tolex, just like a really nice um, sort of walnutty. Uh, wood and like a really simple um brown uh grill on the front but oh it's so super retro the handle on the top of it looks straight off of a kitchen cabinet it's great i'm really into this as like a uh, a sort of a weird uh you know little cool amplifier and it looks like you can get it in head form as well and get the cabinet separate oh these are really cool these remind me of um of that little greer amp yeah um, yeah, the perfectly cubed Greer amp. Can I say that the little uh, mini synth? If you're willing to buy the kit form and you don't want the power supply, fifty nine dollars. I'm not willing to buy no, the kit form. You want it? Okay, well, if you want it, ready to pre made. Listen, Mark, what what I want is I want to buy this synth ready to put on the shelf and never use again. Do you after want... taking a picture of it for Instagram? <laughs> That's you... what I want. Do you want the nine volt wall wart power supply as well? No, because I assume it all it runs on batteries. Uh, and also, probably because it's you, a US company, it probably wouldn't work on that anyway. That is correct. $119. That seems very reasonable. Yeah, great fun. 
uh, what's that in pounds? Like 300, oh, 300 quid or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's about $119. <laughs> uh, 119 pounds even. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, what a wicked little find. Zeppelin Design Labs. They are super cool. Um, Matt Knight, this week you've uh, had a chance to play on, and actually the, the rest of us did as well the other day, but the, um, the Thorpe FX The Dane. Yes. Well, I mean, I, talk, I talked about it a lot when I first got one, um, but I guess everyone else got to have a go on it. And we got to talk about it on Gear of the Year. Um, it's wicked. I, I still love it. I mean, um, one of the best make gooder pedals um, I've ever tried, personally. Uh, it was quite interesting, I think, with us trying it, how different my playing style made it sound to, say, Jay's, for example. Um, and I think it was actually a good example of how... <laughs> I think it was. A, I think it's a great example of how it's it's a pedal that varies quite a lot depending on what sort of player you are. It's very very touch sensitive. Um, so for me, who has the touch of a wizard, compared to Jay, who has the touch <laughs> of some sort of Goliath, um, <laughs> some sort of rock very, very monster <laughs> of the rock. Um, the rock. I start. You know. I tell you what. I, um, we watched a bit of that new Jumanji movie last night. God. Oh, before God. before the uh, before the the uh, Eagles Cowboys game that we watched. We watched some of the uh, some of that new Jumanji movie, and actually, it was pretty funny. I heard it's actually real good. It, yeah, look, fucking sorry, Matt. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I I mean, I, like I said, we spoke about it at length um, about a month ago, and. Um, obviously gets a mention next week um but it's a wicker pedal i would advise anyone to um to really go and check it out and um, speaking of uh movies as i was which is a bit more interesting than guitars most of the time uh i watched uh i watched june for the first time yesterday yeah cool. I, have I, you read the book i've not i've got the oh, book okay. and i haven't read it yet uh but yeah i i can't believe i'd never the more the movie went on the more i just thought like I can't believe I've never watched this before because it's directed by David Lynch. It stars both Karl McLaughlin and Patrick Stewart. the The rest of the the, the rest of the cast are, <laughs> are like fringe characters from Twin Peaks. Um, most of the music is done by Toto, and the music that isn't done by Toto is done by Brian Eno. It's in and space. Sting's in there. Sting, Sting. Sting's in it. It's in space. In pants. Sting. Uh, it, it, he's shirtless. Not in pants. I mean, I'm assuming he's wearing pants as he's well. He's in pants for some of it. He does. But there is a scene where he's got pants on. It's really? like a big nappy. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, and uh, also had the... So it fulfilled the two main criteria I have for films, which is one... Patrick Stewart. Um, well, that was probably third. Uh, one is set in space or, you know, on a different world. And two, uh, no love story. And there's a little bit of a love story, but it's fine. It's not really that important. Uh, those are the two aspects that I look for. And this had that as well as all the other stuff. Oh. What a great film. Can't believe I've never seen it before. Totally. Yeah. A wonderful film. Speaking of films, oh, Gremlin, yes. Gremlins 2 is a great film. Speaking of sequels, I also Rolls watched, oh, also watched sequel Home it... Alone 2 yesterday. Lost oh, in New York. I don't it's... know if that's a good sequel. Oh, so fun. Like, I don't really like comedies. I don't know if I've ever said this yeah, before. Said uh, but I... Uh, I just laughing the whole way through. It's so funny. I think it says a lot about you when we try and put on like a nice highbrow comedy and you're like, nah, I don't like comedies, but Home Alone 2. I also don't like Christmas movies. The but... best sequel ever made is Predator 2. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the called Predators? Is, that, no, that no, no, that's, that's another, another one. Alien. 
Now we're at Christmas time. We can watch Jingle All the Way. uh, (laughs) That is a great movie. I tend to watch it most of the time anyway. (laughs) But now I I can get other people to watch it. Matt's like midway through July. Everyone's on the beach. Matt's at home watching Jingle All the Way. Matt's birthday treat is watching Jingle All the Way. It's such a great movie. Oh, these cookies. (laughs) So, boys, this week I bought a new bass. Oh, that's not as good as Jingle All the Way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I bought a new bass you guys already Again. know of course you guys already know because after i sent uh the guitar nerds a picture of this particular <laughs> bass and said i'm thinking about buying this bass when i next spoke to the shop about buying it they were like you probably need to buy it quick because jay cross gave us a call to <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe you tried listen to- listen i wouldn't have bought i i sent you a text as well saying are you going to buy this because if you're not i'm going to buy this and you didn't reply which I- I thought was enough time. <laughs> I wouldn't have bought it without checking with you first. Right, okay, I wouldn't. Thanks. I, 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 <laughs> I asked for, anyway, you should, you should say what it is. Yes, I have purchased a real 1969 precision bass. A nice. very, very well-loved, solidly gigged 1969 uh, precision bass in Sunburst with a, with a torque guard. Unfortunately, it's just 69 is just after that, that point where they stopped using celluloid and started using acrylic for the torque guard. So they just didn't age. So where the rest of the body's like the, the sunburst is really worn down. It's obviously there are loads of dings all over the place, loads of m- missing paintwork. But the plate itself still looks really new. Or it is new and you've been mugged. No, no, we, t- we took it off and had a, had a butcher's. It looks... It's when are you putting wrecked. some EMGs in it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I can't, it's rare. I can't wait to put the Floyd on it. It's going to be great. <laughs> rare to find, uh, rare to find a an, an, a, a P bass from that era that didn't go through that un- unfortunate bit in the eighties where people rooted out holes in the back of P bases to shove nine volt. Um, Mate, get Kayla, a Kayla Trem on It really is an amazing looking bass. I mean, we've not tried it. Obviously, you didn't no. trust you didn't trust us enough to bring it over for us to have a look well, at. I would have, but it really, it really, it really does look amazing. And it's the the reason why I was so interested in getting it when you know you brought it up. Uh, and I would like to just reassure you, I wouldn't have bought it from underneath you. I, <laughs> I only would have got it if you didn't want to take it. Um, but the, re- the the thing that really attracted me to it was just, I feel like we're really running out of time to get a vintage instrument like that. To get yeah. a 50, I mean, there's no it's way we'll get... Years yeah, years There's no way that any of us will be able to afford a, a 50s... Um, a 50s, 50s guitar. A 50s Fender or Gibson, which is what, you know... Speak for we, yourself. Okay, fine. Yeah. I like money bags. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, that, that six... I just feel like the time is running out to get a to get a guitar of that era. Uh, because you know everything is rocketing up in value, and it yeah. doesn't seem to be slowing down. Nope. So no. uh, yeah, I think you did. I think you did really, really well. It's, yeah. It's just it's a shame, Joe, because Andy Baxter has a '59 P bass in mint condition at the moment um, for just you know twelve nine nine five. So <laughs> yeah, I keep a constant eye on Andy Baxter bass. Uh, I mean, this one is like actually mint. I'm I. I can't believe it. Listener, if you've never checked out the Andy Baxter website, I appreciate it's largely based, but he actually does do some guitars as well. Um, he seems to always find absolutely mint condition, 50s yeah, and 60s. I don't know how he does it. How he does well, it. I assume he's not finding them. He's got... Well, people are coming to him. He yeah, he's got... Contacts, he's got a, he, he'll have like a group of collectors. Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's what it'll be. And, and we were talking about this... 
over the weekend because Matt, you you were talking about someone who you'd interacted with recently who reckoned that they had um, played basically every um, Gibson Les Paul from between the years of fifty eight and sixty that has ever made it into the UK. Yeah, and they had like you know good double figures. Yeah, um, and it's, I say what. And it's just Sorry, you know, th- well, it's just that's that's the thing is that there will there's just a group of people who are involved in this. And, well, yeah, I think I mean, a lot of um, these instruments just move around. A couple of years ago, um, when I went uh, to do some stuff at the Royal Albert Hall with Joe Bonamassa's bass player uh, at the time, I was standing outside with his tech, and there was three obviously very big Joe Bonamassa fans standing outside talking to the tech that all knew Joe Bonamassa because they were all in this circle of vintage guitar buyers. And one of them was talking about how he'd bought the first ever sunburst Les Paul out of the factory. Wow. Um, and then another guy was talking about the 59 that he'd just bought. And then the other guy was like, oh, yeah, I had that one. <laughs> I just think they, I think they, basically what happens is, is they just go round in the same circle. But when it comes round to you again you pay about double the money. <laughs> I also think it's like, you know, when someone's talking about guitar and they're like, oh yeah, you know, I had a really good, like, you know, 90s Japanese telly and you're like, oh yeah, I have one of those. In their case, like the circle of guitars is smaller. So when they say, you say, oh, I had a really nice, yeah, 59 Les Paul Sunburst, they're like, yeah, I had that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I tell you the thing, Joe, is whilst I was figuring out if, I could afford to buy this 69p base, which I couldn't really, but I would have just made it work. I would have put it on my credit card and then just spent the next month selling stuff to try and like clear it. Which is incidentally exactly what oh, I Yeah, done. completely. <laughs> um, I what, what it did make me do is say, well, look, I'm, I didn't get that. I couldn't get that. But what I do really want to do is get a really nice custom shop you want a custom shop yeah than a vintage guitar well you know i would love a i would love a a a vintage a vintage guitar and like a obviously like a 50s or a 60s p bass would be amazing but it's you just you and as you found out well i was gonna lead on this is actually quite a good discussion point do you go custom shop or do you go vintage because to to bring you in on it listener uh the the, uh the uh, I got nice. I got a little bit of a deal on it because um, it's it's not in it it's not in very good condition on account. So I, mean, the, I think it looks fine. Oh no, it looks wonderful. It's got wonderful gig wear on it. Yeah, it, it's not that. It's that the neck is a little bit twisted. Um, the there's no relief left in the in the truss rod, and there's there's a little bit of a raise. That could uh, be a problem. It, it, yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of a raise towards the 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 top end of the. Uh, of the fretboard, and it looks like it's had at least two refrets. The, uh, the there's not much meat on the bone, as it were. The, the the rosewood is is very thin now. The amount left on the on the board itself. So it be sounds very... like you've got a great guitar. <laughs> <laughs> well, so... see, see, that's the thing is, it, can you find a really good gigable, um, usable instrument for a price that? isn't yeah. like astronomical in comparison I, to what you can get from the custom shop you know yeah. this this is this is the thing i think realistically i would tell most people buy a new custom shop guitar and get it exactly the way you want it because to fight you really if you're going to buy vintage you're either buying a museum piece or you're buying um a, a, like a world 
well played piece that you're just gonna you're gonna gig with. You could always gonna Joe pay this... more for the vintage thing, really. You should have told Joe this about three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I wanted him to let him make that vintage era all by himself. I've done it. Everyone will do it. I'm sure it's a great base, though. I'm sure Joe will probably didn't get blinded by a really plain looking 72 standard telly when he had the possibly the best Esquire in the world. Yeah, you were an absolute fool for that. Oh, close. <laughs> yeah. I know, and that's why I will never. That's uh, that's why I'll never buy a vintage instrument again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I, I I would still keep my eye out, and if if anything came, I, I've still the dream is a uh, is is like a fifty nine or a sixty Les Paul Junior double cut. Um, yeah, that that I'd, I'd still I'd still definitely like to get one of those I, and what, some sort of some sort of vintage P bass. But what's crazy though, it's it's my Strat is now thirty years old. What what is your strat? It's Japanese. I've got, the I've Japanese got an eight, pink paisley. Yeah, I've got an eighty-eight made in Japan pink paisley. You just think well, it's not that far off from being forty years and then fifty years old. Yeah, just keep hold it's, of that. It's about my instrument. Twenty years time, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, that'll go. Pre- that'll go pretty damn quick, I'm sure. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, and also I don't know how many shell pink bases they made in 59 so which obviously is the dream so we'll we'll, we'll see we'll have to see but it, I, I was sort of moving some stuff around in my head thinking like oh, if i could get rid of that and i could get rid of that and i could probably do this and i could probably afford that and you know then i'm not a million miles away from it so mm, i think i think time i said it last year when i went to nam i was going to spend some time in the custom shop section of the fender booth and like really play a few bits and pieces because I think what I want is a 59 P bass. I th- I'm sure that's what I want, but yeah. you've got to be sure. I've got to, I've got to try a few. I mean, especially because what I'm getting will have like next to no retail value. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll have to we'll have to see. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know. But I th- I I'm really looking forward to seeing your bass because I think it's it, the the pictures looked amazing and I am um... yeah. I tell you what, if I was going to buy a bass, and this popped up on my sort of like photo memories on the iPhone, was that, and I can't remember the brand, I'm trying to bring it up, that like vintage style, like Epiphone bass that we played at Summer Nam, Jay, that was in the TV Yellow. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Sarek? Sarek? You were going to buy one, Joe? Yeah, Sarek. Sarek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're still on yeah. my list of things that I probably will get. But, uh, <laughs> I thought this was firstly you've had the last gigging bass you'll ever need to buy and now you've got your vintage bass and you're thinking what do I need next well yeah well, well what I want to do is is sell all the stuff that I've got and just have a, a couple of really really nice things rather than having loads of pretty average stuff um, I would put 10 quid on that and absolutely not happening yeah within the next you know, how minutes. old are you 34 Four. years yeah. I reckon age age sixty eight, you're still gonna have. All, I've got this vintage two thousand and fourteen uh, Mexican standard P bass. I picked it up in the year ninety. Oh no, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, uh, it is weird to think though that at some point there are going to be like fifty year old Mexican standard strats. There'll yeah. probably be hundreds of them because there's Thousands so many of, of those, yeah. and they're just in just like they're just in. Like, yeah, it won't mean in, anything. Yeah. in twenty years, this this it won't mean anything. And all well, of no, them, people will still just want fifties and sixties, and maybe at that point seventies. And who who knows? In fifteen years' time, we might be at a point where. Um, act- 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. To pick up some 100-watt power amps are popular again. <laughs> so, you know, maybe stuff in it, maybe 80s stuff will be popular. Let's so hope not. A, uh, a, picture, a picture turned up uh, this week on, I think it was on the Facebook group Ugly Guitars. Uh, someone had posted a... Uh, a little cutout from uh, an Epiphone magazine um, from the from the eighties, and uh, it was uh, the the cutout was of four instruments that Epiphone introduced as prototypes. That, uh, as far as I can tell, and and from sort of reading about these, these never actually made it into production. And they were they were four instruments designed uh, in collaboration with Kurt. Hendrick. Now, the, uh, listener, if you if you're not familiar with Kurt Hendrick, is quite an interesting story, and you should uh, you should go and read up on it. There's an excellent bit about him and his uh, his life as a as a guitar builder on uh, VintageGuitar.com. Essentially, he made uh, Billy Gibbons uh, a custom built guitar. There were a, a couple of uh, a couple of different body shapes he made, um, uh, which were uh, uh, the I can't remember the names the um, uh, there's the, the transformer, the yeah, generator, the, yeah. the catalyst. Yeah, they were, um, they were, and they were, they were bonkers instruments. Uh, often, often they were bent or curved in uh, sort of lengthways, if that if that makes sense, as well as being sort of weird, sometimes melted, certainly not straight. Um, uh, you know, versions of of sort of quite eighties esque pointy guitars. Some some of the body designs, you know, at Christmas. You get those crackers with the little fish that's supposed to tell you your mood <laughs> by putting it on your palm. <laughs> that, and it curls if you're happy. Mo- it mood curls fish. if you're in love. Yeah, if you're yeah. sensual. Yeah. Or, or just generally disgusting. quite warm. Um, but yeah, it's sort of, they sort of remind me of that. And for that reason, I really want one. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> great. Really interesting. He's a really interesting fella. He, you know, he, he went to, um, uh, he went to a, a, a uh, Luthier school in in Texas, which he dropped out of halfway through, and uh, started just making guitars off his own back. Uh, had some luck setting his own company up and producing guitars. Worked with Schecter, making necks at one point. 
Um, but yes, his most interesting set of guitars, I think, were the four that he made for Epfo and the four prototypes were the Apollo, the Modern, the Futura and the Comet, which are some of those are names that actually got reused. The Modern, of course... It's the same body shape. Uh, yes, it is. I think yes, it's exactly the, modern... the same body shape. I think it's just what he's done with the actual instrument itself is different to what I think what Gibson ever did. Well, absolutely. He put he put Floyds on them for you a mean, start. There weren't Floyds at the bit where the uh, <laughs> Flying V and Explorer were born. That's a, that's well, a shame. The, and this the Apollo uh, is is kind of a a cartoon impression of a flying V. Imagine yeah. a, a flying V if it <laughs> was on, on the a, Simpsons. Yeah, put on a little weight. It's uh, it's 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 the only way I to like describe it. it. I love it. I love his scratch plates. His scratch plates are always very. They don't look like they're on the right guitar. They're those weird sort of pawn shop fifties, very I mean, angular scratch plates. All of these guitars look like they're from the Jetsons. Yes, he's he's very much his his overall style is 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 very much in that line. And of course, I think it was the Futura that that. Got they used that name later on in Gibson for a guitar mark that you spoke about on the well, top the f- five weirdest Gibson. Futura is actually a uh, original name for the Explorer, right? Um, so that's the original body shape, um, that kind of weird cut down Explorer. Yeah, um, and then they expanded that out to the to the Explorer. But yeah, I mean they've used the Futura name on tons of stuff. They've used it on SGs and Les Pauls at one point um, for if Even- they were going to put like. What what made them futuristic was that when they had the robo tuners. I think I think there was the the Les Paul. Few no, is that the future tribute? They actually did just make that as a model. I think I'm sure they the, did. F- yeah, maybe there was a Les Paul Futura. I'm sure there was. I can't remember, but no, I'm sure, I, can't, I, can't I thought remember. it was one of the ones where it was like blue burst and it had a sidewinder P90. No, I think and... that is the future tribute. Oh no, you're you're right. Actually, Gibson Les Paul Futura demo was they did one in Plum. Yeah, that's what I thought there was. Plum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 2014. Uh, let's have a look. The power of the future. Get ready for the next stage. Oh, this um, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ma- modern oh, God. weight relief. Mad, mad weight relieving. Yeah. Envelope pushing pickups. Uh, turn up the heat with a 15 dB boost and a P90 sidewinder and a burst bucker. Uh, plus coil tap. Yes, I had the first or second generation of robot tuners when it moved to Tronicle. <laughs> Sorry, I'd just like to point out that this the, the, the headline here is the future of tuning. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> and uh, oh, it had those weird grips on the. Um, oh yeah, the little pots. yeah, the little. I like, quite like those. The spit like yeah, yeah, yeah. I quite like those. Um, they were very weird. They were faded as well, if I remember right. They also. They? It looks like they also used Futura in the eighties as a rebrand of the Corvus. Yes, which was the that Corvus, weird. Which was the guitar that you spoke about yeah. in, and that's what I thought. The Corvus was called the Futura. No, it was the Cor- I think it's a rebranding. Um but the Futura name comes from the first Explorers basically, which is what these Epiphones are going back after right. is that that design again. Well the most interesting one in the four prototypes I thought was the Epiphone Comet. Um which is kind of a do you remember those square Dan Electro guitars or rectangular Dan Electro guitars? It looks like a chopping board. It, this looks like a slightly curved chopping board. Like we're talking about chopping boards, a Telecaster shape, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> but this is like a sli- it's like a rectangular, slightly curved, completely rectangular triple mini humbucker guitar with with a sort of Explorer style headstock and a Bigsby. Yeah, 
it's the most bonkers of of any of the guitars and it comes with a with a bolt on maple neck as well do you know what the weirdest thing about these guitars was for me was the logo so it's not the regular epiphone logo it's like the epiphone e in a like a kind of red uh badge with kind of wings coming off it and i was like where have i seen that before and i'd seen it because they used it on the headstock of the epiphone les paul nuclear crackle uh guitar which was something that came out sorry the nuclear crackle indeed something a series that came out in the early 2000s where they basically had crackle finished les pauls i think you could get a black and gray one and a red and yellow one right so Um, they look they look like lava floors uh yeah kind of basically they look like if the finish on a guitar had kind of like spread out and cracked and weirdly they use this same logo so i don't know if it's something that was designed for these guitars and they use later or whether it's something that is a historic epiphone logo yeah i think it is because weren't these used on uh these th- that's the logo that you see on wilshires and sheratons i'm not sure like it is. old one like old ones i'm not sure it is and coronets and stuff like that i'm gonna google it i'm sure that's what you see on there um but yeah just to, i've just found one on here this there's one on reverb at the moment that is from t- the year 2000 this nuclear crackle um yeah really i bet it's going for a great price and probably with some great service uh it's going for three okay <laughs> We should get one. It's going for well. Well, if you want to get this one, uh, it's going for the great price of three hundred and twenty-three pounds and sixty-four pence, plus uh, a minuscule eight thousand one hundred and eleven pounds shipping. Um, so you know, nice, nice, really like nice. Um, that appropriate does sound price. like quite expensive shipping. Yeah, I mean, presumably someone is travelling with it in. Uh, in a first-class fi- uh, flight. I mean, the listing sold nearly two years ago, so maybe it's from the past. That's Ooh. why the shipping is so... Uh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. I imagine time travel to be in the region of 8,000-ish pounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. Joe Branton. <laughs> yeah, Joe Matt Branton, Knight. You have failed to mention that Gak actually have a really cool guitar in second-hand right now. Uh, have I? I what, what have we got in? You've got, and actually, I would be dead tempted with this, a 1979 Gibson RD artist with the Moog circuitry. Oh, the, I, someone asked me if the, when I was looking at the 69, um, one of the guys in the shop was like, you should get the RD artist with the Moog circuitry. And, yes. and I was like, ha, ha, ha. I thought he was making a joke. I, I didn't realize there was actually, no. oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's a fully analog, uh, active electronic system designed by um, Bob Moog, basically. But they called, I think they called like the expansion set. And I think it's got a bunch of sustain, sustain stuff in it. I think it's got like a full low pass filter in it. Um, God, look at the volute on that headstock. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, seventies. <laughs> Don't worry, it won't break this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, five piece neck um is it five piece or is it three piece i think it's a three piece on the description it looks like a five piece to me um i think that's just the, the flame on it um but they were crazy and the only one i've ever seen the electronics didn't work and actually i saw that at gag when i was working there um but they're really Maybe crazy the to see one. with the electronics <laughs> did, did you did they did someone come in and try and sell it to you and you and you said no no sorry the electronics don't work and that same person has left it five years and gone oh that case doesn't work here anymore i'm sure they won't know no <laughs> uh no i wish um yeah no it was it was already on the wall i remember 
I think not long after I started working there, it was the only one I'd ever seen. I was like, yeah. They are wicked, though. If the electronics work in that, which I'm sure they do, um, that is an amazing guitar. Yeah. And not a lot of money, actually, at eight, eighteen nine nine. Oh, that is a great price. Do you, oh, do you know what else uh, has come in recently that uh, that is that is incredibly unusual and super cool? The Gretsch G six one two zero TB dash DE Dwayne Eddy sixty one twenty. What, what, I was just saying. Yeah, six one two zero. Yes, the, yeah, yes. Okay. He's saying it the cool guy way. I was oh, saying okay. it the cool way. Dwayne Eddy six string bass. It's a Gretsch. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh, I'm just looking at it's, it. That is it's, mental. It's, it is a base six, but it's a Gretsch base six. So, so oh, big I'm bodied, in. hollow body, fitted with a big speed. So big speed on, on a, a base, base six. Yeah. yeah uh, I mean, for, for less than, for a pound less than 3,000 pounds. And I bet the tuning is fantastic. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, the thing was huge. It was almost as tall as me. Wow. It's 30-inch uh, scale length. Yeah. A 30-inch scale length basics. I'm in. With a big speed. Oh, man, Come on, that, that is, is awesome. That is very yeah. cool. Yeah, it's it's super cool. What a great what a great bass. I'm going to do mean, a video like, on it Did he ever play week. one? I don't know if he ever played something. I, I, mean, I would have thought so. Did, I would imagine. Yeah. If he's got his signature model of it, he possibly played it. Anyway, uh, it's about time we should uh, dive headfirst into some news. Matt Knight. Matt Knight. You yes. don't have to put on the, the Mad Knight. Um, Epiphone. Epiphone have released a signature model. I have. Um, it's someone who hasn't had a lot of... Sig- Actually, no, they've had loads. It is an Epiphone limited edition Joe Bonamassa ES355. Um, you know, just so he's building up the entire collection of guitars he probably has never played. Uh, in the Epiphone version. Um, yeah, so this is a 355 uh, Limited um, for Joe Bonamassa. I think comes fitted with Pro Bucker Humbuckers. Uh, gold Pro Bucker Humbuckers. Gold! Uh, yeah, all black, gold hardware. Gold Bigsby. B7. Gold yes. Bigsby. B7, um, Bigsby. It comes with a hand-signed certificate of authenticity. Um, only 300 will be made and available, bizarrely enough, on Joe Bonamassa's <laughs> own website. Uh, um, this this is unusual for a, a Joe Bonamassa Epiphone signature model. Joe Bonamassa tends to use his Epiphone signature models for for weird finishes. You know, he had the gold Firebird 1. He had that uh, Inverness green Les Paul. He had... He had a weird Tyler 335. He's basically had everything. Just say yeah. say a thing yeah, that has, has existed and there's been a Joe Bonamassa But they've always version. been interesting colours. The epi- like you think about... I mean, I guess he even had that tomato burst. What's... Uh, um, tomato soup burst. Gibson. What's but, yeah. um, stupid is on the press release, which I'm guessing is like a standard press release, and then they change a few bits. They've been like, don't forget, it'll be available in stores this month. Check an authorised Epiphone dealer to order one today. And it's like... But I can only buy it from JoeBonamassa.com. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. Well, that's an ep- uh, authorized Epiphone I dealer. Guess they, so. I guess he is now. I mean, he is basically Epiphone now and yeah. Gibson. Um, nine hundred ninety-nine pounds. Um, well, dollars, but I, I, once downs. again, yeah, it's the same. Yeah, probably the same. And it's uh, basically a recreation of a guitar that Gibson Custom Shop built for him for one of his many, many live DVDs. Um, so these were. 
uh, these were announced a little while ago, or at least they were shown. Maybe they weren't announced. Maybe they were just shown a little while ago. I think he maybe right. leaked them. Because if you remember, there's also, as well as the kind of standard one, there's also the one that he caught. He he like had a bit of a laugh with it because it's got his signature inlaid in uh, Mother of Pearl or like Pearloid or whatever. Oh, that's... Um, in the fingerboard. Oh yeah, I've seen him do that with Les Paul. And he's, he's done that with this, and like he on his tweet about it, he said like also available in the non-ego stroking version or something like that, <laughs> which which I thought was quite I thought was quite funny. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting that he's you know he's going down the route of selling these exclusively on his own website because obviously he did that as well with the um, the fifty nine twin. Oh, really? That he had that he had made uh, that Fender oh, made. I wondered where they went because they, yeah. they talk. They talked about him in loads of videos. And I never s- saw one actually actually out in the wild. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they all went on his website. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I'm just having a quick look on there now, seeing what's seeing what's available. Uh, yeah, the 59 twin JB edition exclusively sold here. I also have it in my head that it is a. Um, it's like a high-powered twin. I think it's really, it is. really it's loud. It's based on because I think I mean the great thing about Joe Bonamassa in one way is that he's buying all this gear and preserving the history of certain brands because I think he's like the only person who's got a complete set of every tweed amp the Fender have ever ever made in right, mint wow. condition. Yeah, that yeah. is like pretty substantial. he's got like they call it the he calls it the mint tweed set, which is like nuts. But I mean that, yeah. I think it's based off a high. There's a load of Fender amp, Tweed Fender amps I never knew existed until I really heard him talk about Tweed amps. But yeah, there was a twin and a high-powered twin. Can um, I just say Jay's mouth is the widest I've ever seen it right now. I think what's Jay seen? What have you found? JB Joe Bonamassa's website. Um, my jaw literally dropped when I looked I, at I've this. I've never seen you look like that before. Uh, so I'm, I know we've talked about this a couple of times in the past. You know he's got a, his signature amp baffle. You know yeah. about this? Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's just some perspex. Do you know how much it is? No. $399. What? Does it say Joe Bonamassa on it? it? That's less than I thought you were going to say. I don't think it does. <laughs> it must do somewhere. It's just perspex. It's a sheet of perspex. Oh, no, no, no. It you does. buy it from b and it's cleverly designed perspex. It, it does have a signature it's engraved on it, really small. But JB4 by Clear Sonic, that is a lot of money. I hadn't realised. <sighs> crikey! Oh dear, not sure. Um, about he also, that. yeah, he also has a signature. He also has a Palmer signature guitar speaker Speak. simulator DI box. He's got a signature DI box. <laughs> <laughs> fine he's right i mean you know fair enough he's presumably he's got in touch or this company have got in touch with or you know he would have got in touch with them and gone like can i have one of these and they've gone yeah 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 we'll send it to you for free how about that and he's gone well look how about this instead of you sending one for free me for free how about you make me a signature one and then i'll buy a load and then i'll sell them to my fans i mean the geezer's obviously knows what he's doing um i've I've got to say though the advert on his website for um the banner ad that someone's put together for that twin is absolutely <laughs> dreadful. <laughs> it's like it's like some sort of flash website from like 1996. Yeah, it does look like Be it. at home on spacejam.com. Yeah, but... literally what I was about to say. Literally what I was about to say. Space Jam vibes. <laughs> um J Cross Fender have released something else this week other than the uh 
other than the American, what are they called? American the performance. American that, that performance. was last week, yeah, actually. That was last week. So, yeah. What's it, there's another edition. Yes. So, uh, this is the official launch of the second Flea signature jazz bass. Now, the first one was very, very popular. The first there. one was super popular and it was road worn shell pink, um, Mexico built jazz yeah. bass. Really, really fantastic. And they've not changed much for this one, have they? It's they've pre- changed pretty much the same. I would say, I would say, imagine, uh, imagine changing literally everything oh, okay. and, uh, and that's what's happened. So, uh, this apparently is more like what he uses live. Well, the the sixty jazz bass is what you use for atoms for peace, and right? The, okay. And this is what you use for Chili who is it? Was that a band? That with... was his Thom York band. Oh, okay. Um, was Omar Rodriguez Lopez in that band? No. Was he in a band with Flea, or am I yes. making that up? Yes. Uh, Flea was the bass player and trumpet player on the first uh, Mars Volta album, not the Ma- really? Mars Volta EP. Yes, yes, before one order it, um, because they had, uh, uh, what's her name? Eva Gardner Eva was Gardner. the very first bass player on the EP. Then Flea on D-Lass, D-Lass in, in the, the Comatorium. Really? Eva, Eva, Gardner, Eva Gardner had to leave just before they started recording the first album, right? So they got Flea in to record the first record. Yeah. And it's funny because obviously it's got some of the most famous Mars Volta songs on it because it was the most commercially successful like, successful album i guess and uh when i was talking to one older loads of people were like oh, i love that bass sound on like a couple of the tracks and record and he's like yeah i didn't play on those, <laughs> <laughs> any of those. Yeah, i didn't play on anything of the first record um and, and i'll tell you nothing. who did play everything on the first record and that is flea <laughs> so uh the flea jazz bass is uh is is unlike basically any jazz bass Fender has made Wait, probably since his... like 1983. Do you remember Flea's company before he was Flea Bass? These? The Flea Bass. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it also doesn't look like that in the slightest. Um, so <laughs> these it's like a kind of f- sort of like modern, ultra modern, I guess, uh, f- uh, jazz bass. So it's got um just a, a single humbucker, which is a I think it was designed specifically for Flea, uh, and it's got a uh, Aguilar uh, preamp in there, uh, which which powers it. So obviously it's all active and everything. Um, available in shell pink, still keeping that continuity, which is real nice, or like a weird grey colour. I thought it was gold. I thought the other colour was a gold. No, it's a. I can't remember what it's called. Um, let me just see what it says here. It oh, uh, shell. And I don't think is it shell pink. It's satin shell pink or satin inca silver. Yeah, uh, inca silver. So that's that's the other color. Um, but yeah, so it's um, uh, twelve to sixteen inch radius, uh, and yeah, it's just really, really weird, really weird looking jazz yeah. bass. I don't think it is that weird because if you you don't what, think it is. What that I weird. think it is is that they've basically taken the spec of his modulus bass yeah. which is the famous Red Hot Chili's bass the modulus became the flea bass because when he left modulus and started yeah. his own well, it didn't really become it did it he no. just was making a cheap bass yes. that had a single humbucker yeah. no they didn't even have a single humbucker they had two they did, humbuckers no they were single humbucker single uh, humbucker because yeah, originally right. flea used to play Music Man Stingrays you're right you're right so I, it seems like what they've done for this is just basically take the concept of the modulus and plop it on a jazz bass right yeah I, th- I think they're cool. I I'm think actually they're really quite cool into looking. It. I think they're great looking. Yeah. And, and you know, I've, 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 Flea has an excellent bass tone and the modulus and the Flea basses were always a bit silly. So it's nice to have an instrument that can that can get that sort of sound that actually looks really nice. So Do I, we know I, what sort of money it is? 
Uh, it is a, it's a Corona made, so it is about fifteen hundred pounds. Okay. That sort of oh, money. That cool. cool. I'm into it. I can't remember exactly how much it is, but uh, yeah, I um. So these were at Summon Am. Uh, so I I had a uh, I had yeah. A, I remember seeing them. Though. Yeah, yeah. We had a little we had a little uh, a little play on them, and yeah, I mean it sounded great. And personally, I'm more into the yeah the sixties road one one obviously but uh yeah it's, it's really cool really interesting and cool to see something different coming from a from a, an artist i wonder if it will be as successful as the uh as the current model well i mean it's twice the price so it doesn't have to be as successful no, it only true. has to be half as successful ah yes excellent <laughs> mark packham <laughs> tell us about pedal trains new super tiny space-saving solution that we didn't know we needed, but does look like a good idea. Well, if we'd have known about it before Gear of the Year, I would have been throwing this into my hat, into the hat. Into my hat? Into my own hat. I would have hat. been throwing this into my hat. <laughs> you I could throw it into your hat because it's quite small. Um, I'd throw it into my own hat because uh, this would have been my Gear of the Year, hands down. This is the best thing that uh, has apps. been released this year. Um, this is the best thing, Hans Zimmer. <laughs> Pedal Train have announced the SST, Space Saving Tuner, which is basically uh, a kind of inline tuner with no switching um, that has a very narrow uh, build and has a very narrow display, but looks quite... It is the width of a pen. It is, and it's quite accurate. And the idea being that you put this on your pedal board, you can hide all the cables underneath the pedal board, and you've got a little readout of... Uh, your tuning always going when you're playing guitar. So not really ideal for live, unless you... Well, most people are going to have an expression pedal that they can just... I'm, I don't think most, <laughs> most people have an people. expression pedal. Yeah, I think most I th- I people think the have idea an expression is that you pedal put it, on their board. You, no, you they don't. What are you pedal. talking about? Who does it? Matt, do you have an expression pedal on your board? I do, but I'm, I think this is aimed at people who have got like a pedal train nano. Who yes. have got like four, this is aimed at a Mark Packham. Exactly that. You know who's Branton. got a pedal train nano who is looking to free up some space on their board? Me. Um, so what I think I'll do is get one of these and uh, take off the TU2. Sorry, Matty, that can become my live tuner, um, and put this on the pedal board because it means. Like I'm desperate for a space for one more pedal right now. I've really got into that Ibanez Tube Screamer Mini, uh, and I want to put that on the board. So this could slot nicely on the board next to that, and um, yeah, it means I'll get still get the tuner and I get the extra pedal space. They're not a huge amount of money. Uh, they are fifty-five pounds at retail, which seems is the same price expensive. as like a yeah. A, it doesn't quite expensive. T3. Well, if you if you if you consider that the TC Electronic Poly Clip. Is now only like thirty five quid. Yeah, but you can't. You can't play, doing a, gig. Job, you can't play a gig with a clip on tuner. Roll your volume off to tune. Oh yeah, but also you just look like a Wally. <laughs> I mean, that was oh, more. Yeah, that, that was yeah. more my issue. Oh, I see. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, you would look like a Wally. Yes. So the idea basically is that this tuner is thinner than two patch cable ends. So yeah. the idea is that you slot it in between two pedals in the space where the patch cables are. But then the patch cables are going to cover up the readout. No, 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 they're not because you put it lower down wow. on the board, closer to you on the board. Well, in the in the image that they've provided, yeah, that image, the, 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 move the, to the patch sec- cable move, is literally obscuring. Move the- to the second image. Yeah, that okay. first one is a bit rubbish. This oh, one, yeah, that's, there yeah, you go, that's better, that's much yeah. better. Um, so yeah, this would be ideal for me because, like I said, I do. I have got a little mini pedal that I want to squeeze on the board. Um, I don't have any room at all right now. Um, so if I take off the Tu two. I will have room, and this will still allow me to have tuning capabilities. So Swag. Yes, this and a new power supply. Um, my little board is going to be uh, up and running. It's going to be fantastic. I really like this. I think this is a very neat idea. Yeah. Uh, my only issue with it is I, 
I should not ping. No, no. Uh, or, well, yeah, actually, now you mention it. But no, the, the, the issue I've got with it is, is there's no muting functionality. Like, yeah. I, that's something that I've never, never understood. It's meant for home, though. Yeah, I, I don't think it is. I think it's just meant for small boards. Yeah, but I mean, it's meant for home. Yeah, I suppose. I just, I've never understood people who have their tuner going the whole time without it being, like like a, TU, a TU3 or whatever, not having it in the in the mute out the, the mute output right like a, fr- a friend of a friend of mine has all, like always does it and Mine's whenever all I see, the time I, ju- I just don't understand it but then i just use the expression pedal just cut that off because you because i run it into the tuner mate if you're gonna knock it off why don't you pedal? just why don't why don't the thing that you knock off why be, you just mute it yeah well because it's it's sort of hidden up top it's much more convenient to just hit my expression pedal i think you've got a very niche setup in that case Expression pedals normally have tuner outs for exactly this purpose. Yeah, I just think it's weird. Using an expression pedal as a mute. Yeah, because I mean the thing that you've got to bear in mind is like what the longest you could possibly be out of tune for is well, I mean, how long's how long's the the average song? Fifty nine seconds? Yeah, something so, like, I mean, the yeah. at the absolute maximum amount of time that you could be out of tune for is fifty eight seconds. So just get to the end of the song, say thanks very much, take a swig of your beer. Mute have a it. mute the tune, have a but the talk, tune is on the and then play tier, play the, the second tier. song, which is probably also your last song because you know you only played two songs, punk bands, and then you've done. Right. Okay. Excellent advice from Jay Cross. But that is it for for from us. Oh, God, for I'm us, so that is, that is it for us. I'm so hungover. Right. That is it for a year. From us here. Oh yeah, what way to end it? Fantastic. I'm so out. I'm out. Right, uh, but we will be continuing over on the Patreon episode of the. And also, Nerds then podcast. five more Patreon episodes. And then five more Not Patreon, Patreon episodes. episodes. Well, five no, sorry, five Gear of the Year yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah. Are well, we going to do any? Are we going to do Patreon during the the off season? We probably will. Yeah, I'll probably do a little bit of that. We'll do something. Yeah, we'll knock something up. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Yes, we'll, we'll be over on the Patreon where for as little as $1 a month you can support the Guitar Nerds podcast. $1 a month gets you the regular episode ad-free and early. $5 a month gets you an extra half an hour every week plus access to all our bonus features and so forth. $10 a month, however, makes you one of our executive backers getting you access to all of that guff uh, plus the prestigious honour of having your name read out in one breath by me. Wait. We've got more. There's more people as Wait, well. There's at least one more this week. Yeah. What's the name of that company? Zeppelin, Zeppelin Design Labs. I knew exactly. <laughs> you gave me a little cheeky look. Like, can I play the music? I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't get. Why can't I find At it? At this point, I haven't slept for 24 hours, and I have a sore throat. You told us that I you smell. slept for two hours. Oh, I did sleep for two hours. And you don't right. smell that bad because if you'd smelled that bad, I would have made you go and shower. Yeah, we just wouldn't let you in. Oh, I really want to shower. Uh, when I woke up this morning, the electricity had run out. And so oh, I, luckily I had topped it up uh, yesterday. I just hadn't plugged it in and put the key in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, no, it wasn't this one. It was That's the Quaver. Okay, I'm going to start reading wait, the Patreon backers' names. Joe, He's wait. got a little, little bit of music lined up and he wants to play Let's some Let's get the music and dance. Uh, synth, here we go. I don't know. if What if I don't make it on the last podcast of the year? Well uh, then, that's, then it. that's it. You're off the podcast forever, oh. and I have to come back. No, I get I get to host it. Jay's okay. in charge. It, it should be the Jay's podcast turn is just the podcast just over forever. Yeah, this oh, is our last sorry. Oh, episode. Sorry, do, guys. It's do or die. Right, are you right. ready? I'm ready. <clears throat>
Andrew Good, Duncan Watson, Adrian Day, Ethan Jebediah Bartier, Ken Sayers, Matthew King, Stephen Conrady, Gordon G. Richard III, Marin Peters, Sean Arbel, Christopher Wolfman, Cuthbertson, Robert Cousins, Rob Gruel, Scott Appleton, Tucker Ramadan, Ernie Cooper, Nate Nagel, Ross Edwards, Christoph Rapson, Robbie Connor Grant, Matt Roberts, Dave Lee, Emily James Baker, Ryan McDermott, Juan Gorya, Blake Warden, Aaron Sermon, Jake Corey, Matt Bellamy, Martin Cliff, Scott Kennedy, Christopher Lawson, Robin Smith, Hans Arms, Derek Rich, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Rob Dordick, Steve Michael, Mark Cross, Carlos Manta, Andy McKenzie, Brad Bates, Blair, Tom Slory, Anderson, Paul Corrigan, Will Clare, Moo Gravit, Bill Thompson, Colin Anderson! <laughs> <laughs> that was almost it. I reckon one, one more and you're done. <laughs> One more and you're done. So if you're if you're feeling festive uh, or you need uh, someone to get you a present over Christmas, get them to get you um, a Patreon subscription because Joe is almost done. Like you're in trouble. I'm gonna pass out on air. Well, there you go. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at @guitarnerds or on YouTube at guitarnerds videos. You can even visit our website guitarnerds.net where all of our channels are displayed. You can even purchase guitarnerds merchandise and become a true member of the club. That's it from us for this year. No, we'll it's not. You on the flips. Oh, that's it next for week. us for this year for the regular podcast. No, it's not. Yes. For the regular podcast. Oh, okay. Because it's GOTY right. after this. Okay. This um, is kind of like a bit of a memento thing, isn't it? Yeah. Where we're, what's happening now uh-huh. isn't going to be the last thing that, the, that no. people hear. Yeah. But it is the last thing that we're doing. No, it's not because we're about to do a Patreon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, join us for that on Patreon. Farewell. Bye. 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 When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.